This is Hank for the Wildflower Bee Farm. It is January 2nd, 2023. Are we helping or hurting our bees? And this is sort of the next podcast or thought based on the problem I put forth, which is if if worker bees engage in certain types of behavior that is helpful for the hive, let's say they've figured out a way to... Um, sniff out uh, varroa mites that are on larvae and then open up those cells and carry those larvae out of the hive or some other new behavior and, and the initial thing remember came from the tuck and roll technique to get wasps out of a hive the question is how does that behavior if we believe it can get transferred to the next generation how does that happen how do bees adapt I spent a lot of time in the last five days going through all the science I could find, a lot of which I can't understand, particularly on genetics. But let me let me just sort of break down what we've discovered so far. So let's use our example. A group of bees, uh, first one or two, develop a new, find a new behavior accidentally or on purpose to help the hive. We know from the um, science that the brain of bees, remember the the brain of a worker bee is about the size of a sesame seed and it has about a million different neurons, that there's something called neuroplasticity, which we have as humans, but bees really have a lot of this, which means the brain changes with behavior. So the belief is that the change in behavior is now sort of hardwired into the bees. And if this is beneficial though, how does that get beyond that group of bees that learned the behavior? Well, the bees can teach each other, other worker bees, but not the queen. Remember, the queen is doing her thing, and she's not learning a lot. The drones are inside. They just do their thing inside. Remember, they have an important role to play, but they're not involved. So th there's no way that that group, <clears throat> meaning queens or drones of existing hives, can really pass on this new information and so we're left with one and I've learned two possibilities the first as I discussed is when in any hive apparently a small percentage of worker bees lay eggs and because the worker bees are not uh, fertilized these are all drones so obviously when a worker bee lays eggs it will produce a drone if it survives. But it, there's a group of worker bees that actually destroy those eggs so that they can't hatch. Now, an interesting thing happens. When there is a worker bee laying eggs in a hive, it stops a lot of the other bees from laying eggs. And there's been there's some science on this. But it, it, it's believed that it has to do with the predominant DNA, whether it came from a drone or from a queen, as discussed in the genetic literature, that will determine if the worker bee is more likely to continue to lay or not lay. Let's forget that for a minute. What we do know is that when a hive is swarming, about to swarm, 6% of the drones have as the mother a worker bee. So 6% of the drones are actually from the worker bees of that hive's genetics. The other 94 are from the queen. 
So it goes up to 6%, and when they finally get to where they're going and form their new home and things start to crunch along, it goes down to 1% or less than 1% of drones are, are from a, a laying worker. So that's one possibility. So let me just take you through it. So be engaged in behavior, neuroplasticity, the brain changes, goes to the DNA, uh, the bee, uh, worker bee lays eggs, becomes a drone, the drone survives, flies out, mates with the queen. The queen now has that DNA that she can then um, pass on to next generations, hopefully beneficial. So to do that, to allow that to happen, you have to have a system where you accept the fact that drones, um, some drones coming from worker bees is a good thing. And we'll talk about the implications to that at the end of the podcast. The second type, which I find absolutely fascinating, is a transmissible, and this is actually the title of the article, Transmissible RNA Pathway in Honeybees. So researchers have determined that worker bees who prepare a larvae to become a queen with royal jelly can pass on messenger RNA or they call it DSRNA in this case. There's also different types of RNA. If you remember, if we just got, if you got a vaccine for COVID, it's an RNA, RNA type of, of vaccine. Very complicated articles, and I'm still grinding through some of these on genetics. But the bottom line is, there is a, it's been proven that honeybees pass on their genetics through the product they make for royal jelly which then is passed on to the larvae which then becomes a queen directly and that queen is altered by that royal jelly based on the experience of those workers creating that royal jelly now that's just that's just crazy but think about that for a minute so we have a pathway two two different ways and there are probably others i haven't talked about where the the behavioral change or the adaptations that bees will make um, to adapt to environmental issues, um, toxic sprays, uh, varroa mites, all kinds of things, are transmitted through the worker DNA, which so far we've talked about two ways, which is the worker laying eggs and the creation of royal jelly for the, uh, the queens that are created at different times during a season. Now, there's some things we do, though, and, and obviously I was trained or, or read up and did the practices of a regular beekeeper that would stop this from happening. One is, uh, in the first example where the worker bees are laying, the idea is whenever you have that happening, uh, if you get to it soon enough, you should requeen the hive or for sure stop that from happening as a beekeeper because that's not a good thing according to most beekeeping literature. You don't want workers laying eggs when in fact workers laying eggs might be the way you actually save your bees. Might affect honey production obviously and all kinds of other implications but in nature it seems that if you leave these hives alone and, and I did last year just by coincidence just by doing research they continue for quite some time and they continue to lay you can see that video on Instagram they continue to the workers continue to lay eggs for drones 
Now, if any of them, obviously in that high, because it was so late, they're not going to survive. But you could you could see if you look at that video again on Instagram, the high was pretty much full of drones. Those drones will go off, hopefully, and maybe just a couple will pass on the genetics to the next generation. So that hive, even though the queen had passed on, the genetics of that hive will not be lost. The second type which uh, method which we talk about, which really is, is um, not often possible in traditional beekeeping, is the creation of a new queen when the hive is about to swarm or when we do what's called a split. Now, we do do splits. So when you split a hive, the... Um, the, the bees in that hive will pick healthy larvae and from that will create new queens which will fit with the second um, method by which workers transform their DNA and their changes in adaptation. And it's not surprising that last year when we had all those losses, the one hives, uh, we were able to get a few hi uh, 12, uh, no, 10 hives from BLB Honey in Dresden and what they did is they they did a lot of splitting they they split a lot of hives that year because they were trying to increase their volume of hives and I think what happened then is we got a better adapted group of bees uh, there was also some um, you know the artificial uh, creation of queens queen rearing they call it I believe where that would also pass on the genetics of the worker or workers because of how they are created. So I think both methods, um, probably the last is more likely to happen because what you're doing is you're providing the hive an opportunity, the worker bees an opportunity to pass on their messenger RNA through what they create for royal jelly. But bees are specially adapted to take advantage of this. So as humans, even if we could eat all the royal jelly we want, we're not going to obviously pull in some of those characteristics that the bees would have. So the, just in summary, there's two things we have to remember. One is that, um, you know, it looks like that uh, egg-laying workers serve a function, uh, probably a very helpful function. And the second is, uh, uh, you know, having bees create their own queens is extremely valuable and helpful if you want to pass on adaptations that your workers may have developed to help compensate for what's happening in the environment. Um, also with temperature, I mean, there's, they're going to have to be worker bees that can tolerate different temperatures in our climate that perhaps they never had to do. Uh, we've had some temperatures close to the 40s um, in the summer because we have because we have sensors in some of the hives and also what we found fascinating most recently some of the bees coming out at zero celsius or minus the other day at minus five there were some bees coming out of the hive doing some work which seems very very weird to me that they would adapt and come out at those temperatures so are we helping or hurting our bees i think some of these these techniques that i used as well in the past are probably hurting them we, ha we have to let the um, workers lay eggs and we have to encourage hives to swarm because swarming is probably the best way where the bees you know the bees pick on their own which larvae they're going to turn into queens and they have a way of knowing we know that now that the bees have a way of knowing so that is why probably the swarm would be the best allowing them to swarm every year and to continue to adapt to what's happening in their environment remember what's happening on our farm isn't happening in your area so that it allows, I believe, the neuroplasticity for the bees to adapt specifically to the microclimate or that area where they may fly uh, around where you do have the hives. I'm Hank.
cool wildflower bee farm. Make sure you go to our, our website and check it out. Watch the live cam. Also, uh, check us out on Instagram. And please share this so that others can give feedback. I'd love to hear what you have to say about this topic. And look forward to talking to you soon.